Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In 1910, sustained, safe, manned flight was still a tantalizing dream, a just-off-our-fingertips notion that promised freedom and glory, and the kind of casting off of our earthly shackles that had lured in romantics for ages. And so it was, in October of that year, that the entire world, or at least a good portion of the eastern United States, looked heavenward toward the latest fantastical attempt at real, sustained flight. All eyes were pointing toward New Jersey. Well, not exactly heavenward, granted, but you get the idea. Where the airship America and its crew aimed to be the first manned flight to cross the Atlantic. For the article this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke with Thomas Paone, a museum specialist at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. He said, In the early 1900s, there's this mystique about aviation. It's futuristic. It's this incredible thing. You have the first powered, heavier-than-air aircraft with the Wright brothers in 1903. Aviation is thrilling, and that excitement is building. And now, I've been saying manned because flight in 1910 was still mostly the provenance of men. And, as it turned out with the Airship America, one unruly tabby cat. In 1910, there were those who thought that if long-distance multi-passenger flight were to become a reality, if those longing eyes on the ground in New Jersey were to have a real chance to fly to Europe, It would be on lighter-than-air airships, like the America, or the rigid-framed German Zeppelins. Both got their lift from either hydrogen or helium. Both had small engines to propel the crafts. The difference was that the Zeppelins had a large frame that held up the fabric that surrounded it. The America, in contrast, was basically a big balloon, some 200 feet, that's 60 meters long, first built in France in an attempt to reach the North Pole. Its owner was American newspaper publisher Walter Wellman, a self-defined explorer and aeronaut. Wellman's try for the North Pole failed miserably, but undaunted, he brought his ship to the U.S., built it bigger, and set his sights on the Atlantic. Wellman and his crew took off from Atlantic City, a small passenger cabin and a wooden lifeboat attached to the bottom. Among those on board were Wellman, engineer Melvin Vanneman, navigator F. Murray Simon, and a radio operator, Jack Irwin. The flight struggled from the start, fighting bad weather and bulky engines that apparently had been infected with sand from the New Jersey shore. Off of New England, the engines failed and the ship began to drift southward. The trip seemed doomed at that point. Even before then, though, the crew had to deal with that darned cat. This is the story of Kiddo. House of Works also spoke via email with Alan Janis, a museum specialist in the archives department at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. He said, I'm not sure whose cat kiddo was. He may have been a stray who was adopted by America's crew, though Wellman said he was the pet of one of the crew. Whatever the case, it's unclear why kiddo, as he later became known, was included on the flight, but he was definitely not initially thrilled to be part of the historic voyage. Later, the navigator, Simon, gave this account to the New York Times, quote, All the time we have been towed to sea, I am chiefly worried by our cat, which is rushing around the airship like a squirrel in a cage. I was at the wheel, and Jack Irwin, the wireless man who was seated in the lifeboat suspended from the car of the airship, 
cried out to me, this cat is raising hell. I believe it's going mad. Kiddo, notably, was the subject of the first wireless transmission from an aircraft. Either Irwin or Vanneman wired and said, I quote, Roy, come and get this damn cat. The crew was so distressed by the cat's antics early in the flight that they thought to relieve Kiddo of his duties. He was put in a bag and lowered toward a trailing boat of newspapermen as the America was being towed to sea. The handoff couldn't be completed, though, and Kiddo was brought back on board. The cat eventually settled down as the hours passed and the ship drifted from its target. Some 72 hours later, after 1,008 miles, that's 1,622 kilometers in the air, the America was abandoned at sea near Bermuda. The ship was never to be seen again, and its crew was rescued by a passing steamship. The wooden lifeboat is now among the artifacts at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. Back in New York, the crew was welcomed as heroes. Photos were snapped for the Times with kiddo front and center. Janice said, for a time, he was displayed at Gimbel's department store in a gilded cage. Afterward, he retired from aviation and lived with Wellman's daughter in Washington, D.C. The last flight of the Airship America was not technically a successful one, but no airship had ever traveled so far, albeit in the wrong direction. The America brought the dream of flight, of crossing oceans and a human-made flying machine closer to reality than it ever had been. Simon wrote after the voyage, We sacrificed our airship, but we saved our lives. And above all, as Mr. Wellman and Mr. Vanneman will show when they write their technical reports, we have gathered a vast amount of useful knowledge, which will help largely in the solution of big problems relating to the navigation of the air. And we also saved the cat. As an epilogue, the first successful transatlantic airship voyage was completed about nine years after the America was lost, in July of 1919, by the British airship R-34. The ship, over three times the size of the America, carried a stowaway kitten named Whoopsie. Today's episode is based on the article, How a Frisky Feline Made Aviation History, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by John Donovan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.